are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles as always part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host Gino Camilleri. Episode number one this week of five downloaded into your phone wherever you get the show and on YouTube as well. We're on Twitter at Locked On Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DiBiase L-O-E. And uh, Gino, it's Monday, and it's a special edition of Locked on Eagles. It's our favorite, I think our favorite podcast that we do, you know, throughout the year. We've been doing it now. This is year number four, and uh, it's the flagship show. Obviously, when you think of the regular season, you think of stock up, stock down. But now a couple weeks into the offseason, Monday's mean mock draft Monday. And today we're going to do our first mock draft for the birds in the 2022 NFL draft. We're not going to do all seven rounds where the Eagles have double digit picks. We're going to go through a four round mock today and get our feet wet. And for our listeners that are only listening outside of YouTube, I would suggest going and subscribing yep. to our YouTube page because we are going to have the board live on the screen, you could follow along with us pick by pick so you could see who is there and really comment on who you might have taken in that selection, make it more interactive. And this is the most fun episode that we do each and every Love week. It. Especially during this year the with all season. the picks. I mean, I remember when we Ooh. did it together in 2018, and uh, it was uh, it was tough. Had to wait till the second round. Yeah, it you know, you had, fun. what, five picks to work with? So this year, there's a whole lot more. That's why today we're just going to do a four-round mock because there are so many picks, and everybody's still so new to the draft process right now. I mean, obviously, Gino, you, you do it year-round and are very familiar with these players on day three, but, you know, get our feet wet today with, you know, day one one day two and early day three. And um, I, I think that's the fun part about mock draft Monday two is, you know, a lot of the drafts we do are realistic based on what we think the Eagles will do a nice balance of that and what we would do based on what we think their board would look like. But the fun part of the show too, is to experiment, be like, okay, hypothetically, you know, they have three picks, which, you know, equals a lot of flexibility. Let's say they wanted to move up for a player. Let's say they moved one of those picks back for a 2023 first. Then how would you go about things? Or let's say they went, you know, I remember last year we were like, what if you take two receivers back to back and back to back rounds? You went Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore. How's your strategy the rest of the way? Just trying so many different scenarios out is a whole lot of fun. And, you know, we're not the only ones that do this. Last year, there was a uh, a video inside the Panthers war room and they were doing this exact thing. So this is what NFL teams do as well to prepare for what is a chaotic three-day process. That is the NFL draft. And in those NFL rooms that they actually do this, they do it to a much more refined degree where they know inside information. They have yeah. much more, I would say physical information on the medical the other guys. teams are taken. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you're going to have the, the whole interview process that we don't really get to see into as much either. So it's going to look different in those meetings, but that's exactly what they do. They go through this process. What if so-and-so player falls? I remember back in the draft with Andre Dillard, Howie Roseman said they never went through any scenario where Andre Dillard would fall to them. And then, and then there's nightmare scenarios, did. right? Where there's nobody falls that you want. Mm. And then you're like, what do we yeah, do the, here? The Marcus Smith year. I mean, they yeah. were waiting oh for Brandon Cooks and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I know Ha Ha isn't the best safety in the world. 
but he's much better than Marcus Smith. But this go-around, Lou, 15, 16, 19, you're looking at three players in the top 20 that you could bring in right away and contribute, and guys that could be starters on day one. This is a once in a decade, maybe twice, maybe in every other decade type of thing, where you have this many picks in the top 55-plus. They're sitting in great territory with all of this value in those three first-round picks, another second-round pick. Then they're going to have a multitude of third fourth-round picks as well. And if they incorporated this as well, Lou, one of their minority executives gets hired away, and I know two of them were interviewed by Minnesota, they could, quote-unquote, get a compensatory pick that would be a third-round pick. I'm not sure if it's yeah. in 2022 or 2023, but still, they're adding that high day one, day two pick culmination to their arsenal year over year because they know that they have to have swings of the bat. They know that they have to recoup this team in terms of uh, youth, and they already started that with the last couple drafts here, and they're getting more foundational pieces in 15, 16, and 19. Should be a couple more of those pillars to help build up the foundation yeah. of this team. It's going to be fun. So how we're going to do this, and we're going to start up the mock draft coming up next right after the break. So we're going to switch each week, but we're going to feed off each other because there are so many draft picks and there are three first-round picks. We're going to do it where we alternate. So Gino's going to make that 15th overall selection. I'm going to go pick 16. You're going to go pick 19. I'll take the second-round pick and so on and so forth. It'll be interesting that way too. It kind of switches it up you know, scenario-wise. Like, okay, if Gino went with a safety here, how would I go about that next pick and kind of feed off each other because that's what they do in a front office too man i mean howie roseman gets the final say but you know we saw it last year everybody's got different opinions and uh you know donahoe after the eagles took milton williams was not happy with that pick and obviously it looks like a great pick right now and i think williams is going to be a breakout candidate in year two had a great finish of the year but he wasn't happy who did he want he wanted the the florida atlantics kid the slot corner aaron robinson i think it was um, so that's is just that that's who the way he wanted. I thought he wanted. Yeah, that's what I heard. Lineman. It was uh, it was that undersized uh, slot corner. Yeah, Robinson I would rather take Milton Williams. At this oh yeah, point he looks bad now. He was caught on camera, but that just again, it's uh, the war room has many opinions from scouts. They do a lot mm-hmm. of work on, and they pound the table for their my guys. You know, I mean, that's not just a podcast thing. And what I would say is, if you want to get as close of a feel as you can to these prospects and if they were to get drafted or if not. One thing I've learned is that at the end of the day, your decision comes down to one thing. Would you pay this player? Would you draft him or not? And you have to say, as much as you might like a guy, you might like his personality, you might like some of the things he does, would you pay him? Would you give him guaranteed money from that draft pick? Are you willing to do that? And that's what the selection process comes down to, Lou. And Howie Roseman and Donahoe and all those guys, Wydell, all of them are making those decisions, and they get attached to these prospects. They absolutely do. They have their favorites. They have their guys they pound the table for. So it's just like what you and I are doing. It's just what everybody does in their mock drafts and all the debates on Twitter. And I would say to focus on what the personnel of this team is going forward and what schemes they really do well in. They're not going to draft a 350-pound nose tackle because they don't use one of those, but they might draft a 300-pound three-tech 
like Fletcher Cox, like Milton Williams. So you have to look along those lines as well, which I think you and I have done a pretty good job in over the last couple of years, seeing that especially last year, guys like Teron Jackson, I mean, Quez Watkins a couple of years ago, we saw what they needed. We saw yeah. the fit and saw how it could come together. And a couple of times it does. We hit it right on the nose a few times. And sometimes we suggest the right player and they just don't listen to us. I mean, we yeah, did that a absolutely. few times in our lockdown. Imagine guys. DK Ayuk and Devontae Smith. Like yeah, imagine I mean, that trio. So the, we, we had receiver back to back to back years and they finally did listen to us and took Devontae. Let's see what we do this year to kick off the 2022 season of Mock Draft Monday. We'll get into our first four round mock coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. Gino, first, tell us about Bill Bar. You know what else is sweet, Lou? I know Mock Draft Monday is the sweetest part of the week and it's your first listen of each and every week, but Bill Bars are equally as delicious. So I say, why not make it a weekly routine? You grab a Bill Bar, you sit down, listen to the Lockdown Eagles podcast and Mock Draft Monday, watch it on YouTube. You know why? Because you can pretend like you're sitting at a movie theater and eating some popcorn with some candy because these Built Bars, they taste incredibly delicious. They don't taste chalky. It's real 100% chocolate on the outside, and they're healthy for you. They're less than 200 calories a piece, less than 5 grams of carbs, less than 5 grams of sugars, over 17 grams of protein per bar. I mean, you can't even get that much protein in a six-ounce chicken breast. I mean, get a Built Bar. What are we doing here, people? They're so good. They're not going away anytime soon. They're the best on the market. We will keep telling you to go use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at Built.com or BuiltBar.com. It will redirect you to Built.com. Make sure you pick out your favorite flavor, put it in the cart, use that promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off and enjoy yourself some Built Bars. Welcome back in, everybody. It is Mock Draft Monday on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. And to kick off Mock Draft Monday, Gino, we're going to go through a four-round mock. We will get back into the traditional seven-round mock, but there are just so many picks the Eagles have, mm -hmm. and uh, it's early in the draft process still. The Senior Bulls next week, I can't wait to get down to Mobile and check out some of those prospects live and, uh, you know, really start off this this process. And, you know, I think fans are – Eagles fans love the draft more than many fan bases. I mean, you could feel the vibe when we tweeted out that Mock Draft Monday was returning today. People are excited. And, of course, it comes with, you know, how many draft picks the Eagles have this year. But, you know, to start things off and get our feet wet, today we'll start with a four-round Mock Draft. And uh, as I said in segment one – we're going to do it where Gino picks first. He has the board here at pick 15. I'll take 16. He's got 19. I got the second round pick and so on and so forth. We will. Right, Lou, you're going to have to make this a little bigger. My eyes are, are struggling okay. to see this here. So let's get a little zoom in so our, can, uh, so our fans in. can't. Don't stress their eyes too much. Sounds there right, we buddy. go. Okay, we got exactly. a clear vision of the board. Right, yeah, I, th I think our fans will appreciate that too so they can see what's going on. So let's see who has picked so far. Though. I want to evaluate what has happened here. So, so we course, got two. The, the edge rusher is the first two picks. That's pretty obvious. Hutchinson goes to mm -hmm. the Jaguars. Kayvon Thibodeau, your uh, Oregon Ducks edge, goes to Detroit. Uh, tragically, I would love Kyle Hamilton for the Eagles. He is not going to fall. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety, goes at three to Houston. Derek Stingley's a great player. I'd love to. The LSU corner, he's off the board. A lot of edge rushers. George Karloftis mm -hmm. to Carolina. Ajabo from Michigan to the Giants. The first quarterback goes at nine. Kenny Pickett to the Denver Broncos. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Tyler Linderbaum at 14, the interior offensive lineman for Iowa, that's a very popular pick for the Eagles right now because of how much they love taking offensive linemen because of Jason Kelsey's you know unknown future. So, uh, you know, a lot of edges go, and I do think that is the number one need the Eagles will head into the draft with most likely, and that's the one I could guarantee you they'll pick, but the board doesn't fall well uh, in their favor that way at least when it comes to how many went. I would say that with a cornerback as well because both mm-hmm. of the strengths of the top of this draft, I would say, are cornerback and edge rusher. And a lot of those guys went early. You see Trevon Walker's probably the top edge yeah. left there. A lot of upside with him for sure. I'm looking at number 19, Devin Lloyd, linebacker. I know we're going to make this pick time and time again at linebacker, and I think it's going to be a combination of two to three different players but if they get their hands on either Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean with one of those middle two picks, I think it is too good to pass up. You look at that draft a couple of years ago when it was Devin White, Devin Bush, you had those guys that really sat in that 1-15 to 15 range. I think that's the same type of feel here with Lloyd and Nicobe. I know some teams said that Nicobe is not their top even three linebacker at this point, which would be crazy, but I think Devin Lloyd – is universally loved around football. I watched yeah. him destroy my Oregon Ducks in two to two out of three consecutive weeks. This kid can fly all over the ball. He does everything you want in what you saw from those linebackers playing on divisional weekend. Devin Lloyd's the pick for me, and I think he's going to be one that a lot of people expect to go to Philadelphia if he's available there. Yeah, look, I I really hope that the Eagles, with this new flexibility they have with these draft picks, do have more of an open mind and are they're willing to take a linebacker in the first round. They have only done that once in franchise history. They've never done that in our lifetime. But at the same time, you know, like everybody back in 2019 said, like the Eagles will never take running backs high. You know, they just they don't believe in it. They're not going to do it. Um, they kept finding different ways. You know, trading for Jay Ajayi, signing with Garrett Blunt, and you know, kept. They kept running it back with Darren Sproles, but then they drafted Miles Sanders in the second round, and Howie Roseman said, "Yeah, we draft we draft running backs here in Philadelphia. We do care about this position." And you know, I think again with the flexibility this year and the need for it, especially with the way this defense plays, they need a long, athletic player like this. And they got to replace. You know, Devin Lloyd's not a safety, but we've been talking so much about the need for that, that roamer on that second and third level that can wear so many different hats that Malcolm Jenkins wore for you in Philadelphia. And Devin Lloyd really is that guy. And Gino, in this class, if you're going to go for that kind of player, that Swiss Army knife at linebacker or safety, I think the pool of prospects are much more talented at linebacker than safety. Oh yeah. Especially early on. I think day two, you could get into that safety discussion, and there are guys yeah. out there that I really like. I think Louis Cine might be gone by the time they make that. I like Jaquan Brisker, too, from Penn State. Oh, I'm sure a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans are going to love Brisker yeah. and want him to come here because, obviously, the Penn State connection. But, yeah, the top of the draft linebacker, the athleticism, Devin Lloyd, I think he's LB1 all day long. So I'm thinking here, I was I agree with you that they should take a linebacker with one of those picks. And Devin Lloyd is my favorite of the three, of him, N'Kobe Dean, and Christian Harris of Alabama. So I love that pick. My head now is that because at least with this theme, I'm not going to, you know, I would take a quarterback here. I don't think they're going to. So where their head is at, again, the position I said that they really, really need, they really prioritize. And there's a guy here I think they would like a lot 
is Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia. And he is, you know, similar to Josh Sweat, is just this physical, you know, crazy upside, talented edge that can also, you know, he lined up a lot inside as well. He's versatile and the Eagles like to use their edge rushers inside out. And I think he'd be the perfect guy opposite Sweat, right? Derek Barnett's going to be a free agent. You don't want to bring him back. Brandon Graham is in his 30s, and he's coming off a torn Achilles. Uh, Gino, we saw how bad Ryan Kerrigan was this year, and he just was not the answer. So in uh, Jackson's not – I don't know if he's going to be ready to be a, a second or third defensive end in his second year. So I think Trayvon Walker is a guy they would really like, and I love banking on traits when it comes to edges. Even, you know um, – away from Penn State last year that went to Baltimore the, mm. the knock on him was that there was no production in college but you know when he has all that physical ability you just got to trust your coaches to develop that talent and he was incredible in his rookie year with the Ravens and so that's the kind of style I like and Josh Sweat confirms that belief and that philosophy and I think they run it back again like that with Walker in the first round and I looked at the cornerback board which you had up there as well and yeah the I wanted there, Sauce Gardner but uh I like and Walker. He, he's still there, Lou. So yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I don't like that he's drafted. So, okay, again, all mock drafts and websites are going to be different. Cornerback Gardner here is twenty six, but Daniel Jeremiah had Gardner going in the top ten in his mock draft. So you know, take rankings with a grain of salt. One player I do think that would be there though, and I think they'd be okay with taking is Roger McCrary from Auburn. He played yeah, SEC I'm excited football. To see him. He's a very physical player. I mean, he doesn't care. He'll get in your face. He will be up at the line of scrimmage, somebody that you put opposite Darius Slay. I like his numbers. I can't wait to see what he measures in it. I think he's going to be upwards of six foot, and I'm sure he's all of like 180, 185. Like he, he doesn't care. He will get in your face. And McCrary, if he's the last guy there, and I know Sauce is on the board here, but I would say between him, McDuffie, Kara Elam, I'm going with the guy that played Auburn football, played tough SEC football. I like Florida corners, but Florida corners have that knack where they aren't the best tacklers. You look at a guy like C.J. Henderson a couple years ago. Auburn guys on the outside, you have to yeah. be able to tackle because, I mean, you're playing Alabama wide receivers that you have to bring down in the open field. And Roger McCrary, I think, would be there right in that 19 to 24 type of range. Things can kind of move around, but, Lou, you're going to get the ability to see a guy like that play, and I, I think he would fit well here in Philadelphia, and you get all of the needs that you really had to address yeah. early on, and you still have a couple picks coming up here in the next uh, 30 or so selections. Yeah, and look, these are all really good players with a lot of upside. They're not just short-term needs, they're long-term needs, and uh, I think they make a lot of sense. And I think, you know, if you remove the trade for a star veteran quarterback scenario that's on the table, and, you know, let's say they don't take a rookie quarterback, there's talk that they could maybe go receiver with one of these picks for sure, but a lot of people really want to see them just go defense, 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 because they've for so long, Gino, invested so many high picks on offense, and it's worked out. They have, to me, one of the, the brightest futures when it comes to their personnel on offense, when it comes to young players, um, but they haven't taken a defensive player in the first two rounds since Derek Barnett in 2017, so I think people are looking forward to this opportunity to stockpile that unit with young talent because they need it on all three levels, and I think we we really did a good job of taking care of all three levels in that first round. Um, so Gino goes with Roger McCreary, the cornerback of Auburn with that 19th overall pick to recap those first three picks. He also took Devin Lloyd, the Utah linebacker at pick 15. And then I went Trayvon Walker at pick 16, the edge rusher for Georgia. So we went linebacker edge and corner 
And uh, Gino, I'd love to try to get you a safety in round two here, but I don't really like the way the board shaped out. Mm-hmm. Jalen uh, Petra from Baylor is the top player here, the 90th overall graded prospect. So uh, not a big fan of where I the love prospect- Verone McKinley the third, but it's a little too rich. Yeah, it's, I think it's a little 51. rich as well. Uh, John Mechie maybe from Alabama here at pick 46. I don't know. I mean, they could use a wide receiver too, but I would prefer them to, you know, take that route. I would say what in the, in free agency, right? I would say that they either address it in free agency. If they really had their eyes on somebody like we had talked about last week, a guy mm-hmm. like an Allen Robinson, a guy like a Mike Williams to fill that role. And if they do select one, I think it would be like a, a fourth round selection where they see a guy like a Kenneth Gainwell, for example, a versatile player, maybe a wide receiver who could play inside and out a bigger body type of guy like a Romeo Dobbs that might fall into day three you could see those type of guys, but you could always get a, a good player in John Mechie or Wandell Robinson from Kentucky. I mean, the guys are going to be there. You still have guys on the board like Drake Jackson, the edge rusher out of USC. Like, do they, They're going to have to double up at some position. They could double dip. I mean, at edge, when you think about it, because outside mm-hmm. of – I mean, they said Brandon Graham's going to have a role, and here you have Walker, so your top three would be Sweat, Graham, and Walker. But, you know, Brandon Graham, outside of one more year – Right. How much longer is he going to be there? And the Eagles like to be four deep on the edge, not just three. That's absolutely true. And what a better class to do it. If you're going to take multiple players in a draft, much like that wide receiver class a couple of years ago where they got Rager, Hightower, and Quez, I mean, in the bottom of the barrel, Quez Watkins is a six-round six pick. In other years, this guy might be a fourth-round selection. So yeah. in this type of draft, a guy like Drake, who we just mentioned out of USC, might go in the the 40 to 50 range in an earlier draft or maybe even late day one if there aren't that many good edge rushers. But you have three up top that are unbelievable. You have a mix past that that is still very good. And then these guys are going to fall down because teams are going to go and get that wide receiver talent that is up there. The multitude of quarterbacks that is there Mm. as well, Lou. Look at this. We had uh, Desmond Ritter go to the Giants and Malik Willis went to Washington. Uh, with these picks in the 30s and 40s. Christian Harris, the linebacker of Bama, goes to Cleveland. I really like Louis Seen from Georgia. The, mm-hmm. am I, the safety, it's Seen, Louis right? Cine. I think Cine. It, Louis I think Cine. Cine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his stock has been rising lately, and uh, the safety class, it's kind of pick your poison with what you prefer. He goes to pick 46, which would have been a guy I'd really like to take here at 51. Not available. I'm going to double dip and go with Drake Jackson here at the edge just based on the way the board fell, the way the Eagles prioritized that position. And, you know, now you're stockpiled with young talent up front. And, you know, Gino, I watched that game Rams-Buccaneers on Sunday, and it is just so obvious just the difference in pass rush ability with a four-man front Mm -hmm. between Philadelphia and LA. You saw how different it was and how much better they affected Tom Brady with Von Miller, with Leonard Floyd, with, you know, Aaron Donald. And I saw that it's like, I get why the Eagles keep picking trench play, you know, more than anything, because it, it can take over a game more than anything outside of quarterback on both sides of the ball. I even look at that San Fran game where Charles Amenahue, Lou, is like their seventh guy off the bench rushing boy. rushing the passer. And we talk about Philadelphia having a wide variety of players that they've put on that defensive line. But I think 
the Hassan Ridgeway, he kind of caught lightning in a bottle for, for a second, and he kind of faded off this year. I mean, you're still trying to increase the production of these young guys like Teron Jackson, get them more snaps going into this year. But, I mean, really, what is the future there? You don't have any surefire things outside of Javon Hargrave, who's young. Fletcher Cox is getting older. You're going to need help on the interior eventually. You're going to need help on the exterior this year. So why not get players that could do multiple different things, play inside and out. You get that first pick in Walker and then get Drake Jackson. Now you got two guys with unbelievable traits that can yeah. go in and get, let's say, like 30% of the snaps or even 25 and get them in a rotational bit and just continue to get athletes at all three levels. I thought you said it perfectly when we wrapped up that first round. We covered all three levels with those yeah. first three picks. And I, and look, I, I don't know. Is this realistic? I, I could say so. Yeah, 100%. Um, but will they probably, if I was a betting man, say that one of those picks won't be made by the Eagles because they'll trade it or take an mm. offensive player? Sure. But again, the way the board fell here, I didn't want to force a pick. At, I would have loved to get a, a bigger receiver. Like if Traylon Burks would have fell in the, the range of one of those picks, yeah. Or um, who's the USC kid? The uh, um, Drake London. Drake London. I always yes, there's, there's two Drakes, two Drakes at Drake USC. So I'm going to probably mix yep. that up all off season. So I apologize mm -hmm. in advance. Um, but you know you didn't want to force anything there, and um, so outside of that on offense, I think that they should really focus on or quarterback. I think they should really focus on defense. So um, we went with Devin Lloyd from uh, Utah, the linebacker, Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia, Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn, and Drake Jackson, the edge from USC with the Eagles' first four picks in the first two rounds of the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll wrap things up on Mock Draft Monday with our final two picks of this four-round mock coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by GetUpside. It's an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents in cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore and prices are outrageous right now. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, Again, download the app for free and use the promo code touchdown. Some people are who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash goes right to your bank account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account. I should say it goes right to your account. You can throw it to your bank account, your PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Once again, download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. All right, guys, we're wrapping up Mock Draft Monday right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. He's Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase, and it's Mock Draft Monday. Gino and I are doing our first Mock Draft of the 2022 offseason, and uh, we're kicking things off with a four-round mock. And here's what we did so far. I think we did good. It was defense, defense, defense and more defense. This is what a lot of fans want. This is what a lot of people are going to project. Is it realistic to expect this? Maybe not. But this is a scenario that I would say the Eagles are smart and they're doing things they should do. Going with Devin Lloyd with our first pick at linebacker from Utah, Trayvon Walker, the high upside edge rusher from Georgia, then Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn, and Drake Jackson, the edge rusher from USC are our first four picks. So we've got two more picks here, Gino, in rounds three and four. We're on the clock here at 83rd overall. 
Two edge rushers. We're probably good there. We got our CB2 with Darius Slay and Avante Maddox inside. Uh, Devin Lloyd, your linebacker now with Davian Taylor and TJ Edwards. Where's your head at here with this next pick? So is the board currently that you have up the predictive board that has? Yes, it is. Okay. So linebacker, another good group of players out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chad Muma, you look at... Wyoming linebackers, and you look at the game Logan Wilson had Logan the Wilson, other the game winning interception, right? Those guys really know how to cover ground. I'm, I might go double up at that position. I think you could look at the interior of the defensive line because they have a need there past their top two guys and Milton Williams. Go to wide receiver as well, Lou. I think you could go there. I think you could go running back. I think you could really go. I love me some Christian Watson from North Dakota State, and he is the kind of the prototype that the Eagles could use. <laughs> Lou, if you weren't wearing that North Dakota State hat, I wouldn't make this selection, but because you are, people, if you have not watched Christian Watson play Get football, on it. And this isn't Bruce Anderson, I promise today. you. This is going to no. work out. <laughs> I, I'll give Lou the benefit of the doubt with Bruce Anderson. He loved the kid. He never Christian got a Watson chance. He never got a chance. bona fide baller at any level he plays. He's going to run probably a 4-4 flat. So he's going to be at the Senior better. Bowl, and Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, had said that someone inside NFL circles told him that uh, Christian Watson is the best FCS player he's seen coming out to the NFL since Randy Moss when Marshall was still in the FCS, which is pretty impressive, Gino. I mean, he's big, he's fast, good run after the catchability. You know, he checks all the boxes. And when you're a player in the FCS, I hate the stigma that small school guys can't can't ball. We have seen so many people dispel that notion. Carson Wentz for a few years. Trey Lance, I think, is going to be a great player. Um, Jeremy Chin the last few years. Kyle Duggar with New England. Dallas Goddard. But the one thing you want to – Dallas Goddard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> star tight end. How can I miss that one from South Dakota? The thing is, and we've both said this before on the show, when a player is at that level – you do want them to dominate their competition, mm. though, and Christian Watson dominated. Two things. One, what do I always tweet when Jim Nagy says something, Lou? Do you know you what I listen. tweet? Yeah. When Jim Nagy talks, you should listen. Jim Nagy is very connected in the NFL circles. And Christian Watson, if he was told that by somebody, I believe him because the production is there to back it up. And two, the quote about small school guys that I always refer back to is when Dallas Goddard was picked. Joe Douglas in the press conference after he was selected said that when you look at these small school guys, you have to hope. And when you turn on the tape, you have to enforce that they have dominated three out of every four plays. And you have to see that, that they are dominating 75% or more. Christian Watson is going to dominate wherever he plays. He's going to run out of the building at the combine, and he is going to be a guy that breaks the stigma yet again, that it doesn't matter where you play, it's just how good you play. Christian Watson, throw it up there, Lou. You got the North Dakota State hat on, and he's <laughs> going to be a baller, folks. Go check it out after you watch us here yeah. on the Locked on Eagles YouTube channel. Go check out Christian Watson because that kid can play. I think after the senior bowl, you'll see his stock rise even higher once he's competing against some, you know, power five talent. You know, I mm -hmm. think that'll really help as well. And uh, he's going to, he's going to move up boards And this North Dakota state hat, by the way, wasn't just a troll with Carson Wentz. You know, we, we've been big fans of a lot of prospects coming out of that school. you know? I mean, Absolutely. again, Bruce Anderson was my, you know, unfortunately my number one graded running back out of 2019. We have actually, we actually had him on the podcast. We were fans of Trey Lance. 
Christian Watson we like a lot as well. So there's a lot of good players that come out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole FCS thing, I just don't buy it into it anymore. And if anybody still does, it's why the Malik Willis stuff, I just, I hate it. Like, oh, we went to Liberty. I mean, that just, I don't know, man, it doesn't matter anymore. You're seeing the top recruit out of high school go to, you know, go to play for Deion Sanders. And what is it, Jackson State or? Yes, sir. Yeah, it really comes down to how good you are as a player. Kyle Duggar coming out of Division Two, Lenoir Ryan. Right. Guys pop up all the time. Another guy from North Dakota State, Lou, to back up what you're saying, he was at CGS this year, Braden Thomas. He just got an East-West Shrine in, but he'll be at that game as well. So North Dakota State continues to put out good players. I say, and I said this down at CGS, and people agreed with me, North Dakota State's the Alabama of the FCS. They just do everything better. They put the resources in. They have the guys that will commit. And they could be to in the, the FBS if they wanted to, Gino, but Absolutely. I'd probably rather be a big fish in a smaller pond than a small fish in a big pond. I don't yeah, want to be I mean, the bottom of the Big Ten. We're going to see uh, what happens with James Madison. I mean, they're going to move up there. Jacksonville State's going to move up there. There's a bunch of teams moving up. Old Dominion did it a couple of years ago. But the thing is, once you get guys into a program, to see them develop into the player that Christian Watson could be, and Christian Watson will be on Sundays. That's what you have to look at. And are they that player deep down? Josh Allen dominated on Sunday against top competition in yes. Kansas City, and he didn't do anything at Wyoming, but he had the traits, and people were willing to bet on a player like that. So looking at the board here with our final pick here in round four at 120 overall, you know, do you know there's some positions that come to mind? I feel like tight end could be of interest, mm -hmm. right? With, you know, Zach Ertz now being elsewhere, Dallas Goddard's the guy, you know, Jack Stahl, I thought did some really good things, you know, in run blocking, especially last year, Tyree Jackson has a lot of upside, does have another serious injury though to deal with. That's two in one year. So maybe they go with, you know, another dependable, you know, Pass catching target inside. Um, I really like Cole Turner from Nevada. You know, every time you put on the tape of Carson Strong, who's the guy that intrigues us the most at that school, you really notice Cole Turner making plays. I don't know if that's a little rich here for round four. I don't really think so. But uh, looking at safety here, anybody you like? I mean, I don't mind Tyson Anderson. Uh, yeah. Scroll down a little bit on the rest of the board. Um, Brian Cook, I have heard good things about. Um, yeah. He was just talked about Daniel Jeremiah, I think. Mentioned him and Dane Brugler backed it up. We haven't well. taken Luke. an offensive lineman yet. And uh, What they, about running back? Oh, Alec Lindstrom is a good yeah, it's a, offensive it's a, lineman. He's it's a, a good, good value guard. here. And he, he played center a lot, too. He played mm -hmm. both spots at Boston College. And, and, you know, I feel like they're, you know, they always take offensive linemen mm -hmm. in the first four rounds, right? Let's take a look at running back, though, real quick, you know, because – um, Boston Scott's a free agent. Jordan Howard going to come back. Miles Sanders is, you know, they have to ask questions soon. Do we want to give him a contract? The only guy that you know is going to be here for a while is Kenny Gainwell. Anybody you like here in the backfield? Hassan Haskins from Michigan. Got Brian Robinson from Bama. I think Mr. 106, Brees Hall, like he, yeah. he's a very good player, Lou. I think that when you look at Iowa State running backs, they do a good job when they come out of college. I mean, Kenny and Wangyu for Minnesota now. Kid can run out of the building, and he's their returner. You look at Montgomery for the Bears. I think that would be a good selection, but what they value more, Lou, yeah. is offensive line and offensive line versatility. Lindstrom comes from a very good bloodline, a very good lineage. His brother plays for the Minnesota Vikings. He played center, played guard versatility, offensive line, it just makes what the Eagles would select that much easier. 
Absolutely. So that concludes Mock Draft Monday right here on Locked On Eagles. Those are our first picks in the first four rounds for the Birds. We'll get to a seven-round mock next Monday, and that kicks off Senior Bowl week, Gino. So it's exciting. We uh, Draft season's coming up quick, and it's time to talk prospects. Obviously, free agency is coming up. you got to make decisions internally as well. But here's a look at what we did with our first Mock Draft of 2022. So with our picks in the first four rounds, Gino started things off with Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah at pick 15. At pick 16, I went with Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia. Then Gino at pick 19 went Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn. Then we double dipped at edge. We went Drake Jackson at USC, the edge rusher at pick 51, at pick 83 in round three. This is, you know, I love the picks we made today. But Christian Watson's going to be a my guy for both of us in this draft class. He's going to be our, who was it? I think it, Alton Robinson a few years ago, the kid from Syracuse, the edge rusher. I think me and you in the fourth round had him coming here every single <laughs> every single mock draft. So Christian Watson from North Dakota State comes at pick 83. Uh, and then Alec Lidstrom ends things off here at pick 120 in the fourth round. A versatile interior lineman could play center for you. Could play guard. Depends on what maybe you want to do with, you know, Landon Dickerson and Isaac Samalu in the future. Uh, but there is the first edition of Mock Draft Monday, and uh, we'll post those results on Twitter later on. Hit us up at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. Gino, your final thoughts on our Mock Draft before we wrap things up. I would say pay attention to these next two weeks. We have the NFL PA ball. We have the East-West Shrine Bowl, and we have the Senior Bowl. These are the three NFLPA-backed bowls. So these guys are the guys that the NFL wants to see the most. So if you're going to see what teams are interested in, it all comes down to these two weeks. And we just started off here with four, with the first four rounds. We're going to get into it because they have a ton of selections. I think what we have to think about at the end of the day with these drafts is we have to walk away with some scenarios where we're making two first round picks because they might have traded one away. They might move back in this class because of yeah. the edge rushers. They falling. could move they up, might you know, because the, the prospect pool this year isn't seen as top or is hasn't seen as deep. So maybe you you move up as well. There there are so many options, man. And that's what makes I've never looked forward to Mock Draft Monday more than this year because there's so many things they could they could try. They can do just about anything, and we'll do it here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast each and every right. week. And make sure you subscribe to YouTube so you can see the board yes, and absolutely. follow along live with us as we do it. That's right. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.